Uh, let me play you such a... Rihanna, can I play a melody for you? Is it Hedwig's theme? I don't know. No, it's okay. called The Gaming Tadpole with Chase, Rihanna, and Craig. Ah, uh, it's so soothing, so relaxing. Uh, There's no music yet. Yeah, There's no well, music. there is... You know what, I, I'll, I'll actually play the music in, in a second, but not right this second, because... First, I have to make the introductions. Uh, so today on the show, we're going to be talking, speaking of something soothing, we're going to be talking about Biola, the hero, uh, a hero, what? A heroine's joint. Why am I saying a hero and a, a heroine, heroine's joint? Okay. Oh, you meant to I'm say just... heroine. I was like, I don't know what's happening. <laughs> fine <laughs> you, you know what i'm talking about biola we'll just call it that uh it's a new rpg an indie game that came out very recently inspired by a few classes and i'll tell you what uh but i played through it i beat it so i got thoughts another thing i played through is the outriders demo that's uh, the next big multiplayer square enix game developed by people can fly which they are a uh, recognizable studio for certain people who are fans of certain games and i will say exactly what as far as the news goes today well we have more details on why stadia screwed up uh, apparently they spent way too much money on the wrong things snoop dog he rage quit a video game and left his stream for on for seven hours. <laughs> so that was interesting. Harry Potter. Speaking of Harry Potter, before we went on, I know a certain person in this room is a fan and is somewhat excited for a new Harry Potter RPG coming out next year. Hogwarts, uh, Hogwarts uh, history or whatever the heck it's called. Uh, Hogwarts history is a book. Okay. Well, anyway. I'm not a nerd, so I what, what do I know? Uh, no, you're not <laughs> a nerd. This new Harry Potter game. It turns out you can be transgender. What? Okay, you guys are looking. It was the question of you're not a nerd. That was my reaction. Okay, of, you're right. not a nerd. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. And then uh, lastly, PlayStation is on some weird crack because uh, they're now allowed. Uh, they're creating controllers that based around bananas and mugs you can turn i know we'll, we'll talk about it but that's all we have on the show today it's been quite a week because uh you know going to work and coming home trying to make people smile and of course seeing a lot of nasty things on the internet but also bringing love to people which is important and of course, all three of us are in Texas, so we're all bracing for uh, going out and seeing nobody wear a mask anymore. Uh, but until then, we can at least enjoy the lives we have while they last. Uh, so, <laughs> well, I mean, you never know. Thankfully, I don't have to go anywhere next week, so I don't have to be the first wave of victims. Yeah. Hopefully things reverse, because you all know what's going on in the real world. So hopefully things reverse regarding... The whole you don't have to wear a mask anymore and businesses opening up to 100 percent i have two tweet reactions so i'll leave that yeah. now you actually asked uh what was the theme song the melody and actually i'm gonna play it for you right here i i, I do have the melody for you so uh this is the melody i was talking about earlier which uh does relate the only person 
Oh no, this is not the melody. This is a freaking commercial. I don't, here we go. He's Mr. Snipe Christmas. He's <laughs> okay. So that I love the reactions here. Rihanna's just going like, "Oh bother!" And then Craig is doing the backpack dance and really grooving into the move. And <laughs> so gotta ride that wave. Yeah. So that's from a, a movie from 1974 called A Year Without Santa Claus. Uh, about I've heard of it, but I didn't. I was confused. I well, mean, I've never seen a movie, but I. But you said the theme song of like the show, and that was, yeah, that's I a new theme song. Completely different. <laughs> I just know that song from Batman and Robin when Arnold Schwarzenegger was yelling at his henchmen for messing up the song. <laughs> Oh, that's right. They did. A, I think they did a reference to it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, there was the there was a series of stop motion Christmas movies about uh, Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer, and they they were from like back in the '60s, like a long time ago. And this was the last of the trilogy where Santa disappeared, so they had to rely on two people: one who is snow miser, and the other is heat miser. Basically, they're polar opposites. One controls hot weather one controls cold weather and they have to figure something out because santa's gone or something or the cases so yeah. global warming saves christmas yeah yeah so global warming and he, it, so miser he's just full of puns too because they after he sings the, his song they visit his uh own uh room and he's like we'll come back later and we can have a blizzard <laughs> But anyway, I made a joke earlier on social media comparing our governor, Greg Abbott, to Snowmiser. <laughs> it's like, it all makes sense. The snowstorm, the way he is screwing everything up. And that got that song stuck in my head, like in a loop while I was at work today. <laughs> and so much to where on Instagram, it actually got traction. Like I got plenty of people liking the posts. And even people commenting, I was like, wow, that, that this really hit. I, I guess Snow Miser is everything. But yeah, I mean, it's a fun movie. I, I really do like those uh, old, those old Christmas films. But uh, yeah, that, that, is, that is not what we're talking about. Gaming, guys. Gaming. Guys, let's get to that. Yeah. Let it start with something that is very uplifting. Uh, so... I got a review key for this game called Viola, and I, I got the subtitle of it wrong. The the heroine's journey. I keep calling it a heroine, like it's a, a, a dose of drugs, but no. What this is about, uh, a little girl named Viola, she is playing the violin at her house. I mean, it starts off with her playing by the violin alone, feeling upset because she sucks at it. And it's like, okay, what am I going to do? My mom is not here. My dad is not here. I'm all alone. And her being upset gets, oh, wait, what are you saying? You have your finger up. Yeah. The heroine's melody. 
Oh, the heroin yeah. lily. Okay. <laughs> yes, I was like, I'm, I'm, I'm reading. I'm looking at it. I'm like, that's, yeah. that's still not the right. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, she gets whisked away to a fantasy world filled with all these different magical humans and half humans and uh, whatnot. And the the thing, what she discovers is that she fell out of a portal that also. Uh, unleashed all these different monsters onto the land and she's got to team up with all these uh, different cast of char- characters and to stop the evil forces seal the hole and get back home kind of uh, simple like that it starts out pretty lighthearted. there's a lot of humor you know a lot of goofy characters i mean your first two companions one's a half wolf human uh who is just super friendly uh, uh kind of like a baymax type uh, companion and then uh there's this nerdy kid who is half cat half human he's wearing like a, a cute hat uh, a cat hoodie and you get those two like going around with you and you occasionally get to more characters and what the whole theme of this is music because she wants to be a musician she uh, drops into a land that is filled with music to a very interesting point like the trees are shaped like violins and there's even towns based on other instruments as well so there's like a whole uh art direction just based on the melody of music uh, and also all of the companion characters they got their own instruments too because one of the big gameplay aspects to this is that uh, you have nine different songs that you play in order to get around to the world like there'll be a certain point like getting through a waterfall or uh, unlocking another passage it involves you playing a short music message and that's getting the notes down, which I mean, the, the game tells you what the notes are. So it isn't like you're clueless going, okay, what, what am I supposed to press? No, it isn't like that. And that also goes into the combat because it's a turn-based RPG when you get into fighting monsters. But the, the difference is that all the attacks that you pull off, whether it be the normal, the music, or the... Uh, uh, specials like the the ones that are powered by just how much uh you how much damage you deal or how much you attack uh, during the match so there's like two different gauges but other cases your attacks are dealt through almost a rhythm game because each of your uh, uh, each of your moves you have these different notes you got to play in order to power up your attack to the fullest and sometimes it's hitting a certain uh, like hitting certain button or certain uh keypads or buttons because you can use a controller this is compatible with both xbox and playstation controllers which that's what i use i used my ps4 controller to play through the game and the controls are very very easy to get through or to understand but each of the different attacks that your uh 10 different party members carry they all have their different uh notes you gotta master and all that so and it which is important because for the most the times uh, you're going to be dealing with multiple enemies on screen so it's all about crowd control uh, type of, uh, moves that to pull off and also um being able to c- conserve the powers that you have in i, I mean in case you fight some deadlier enemies you want to save up mana for but you do get plenty of potions and mana as well so it isn't like you're at, you're in a huge resource again this is me playing on the normal difficulty i didn't play it on the hardest 
The other thing is that when you're not in combat, this is a platformer. So you're going through these different colorful levels, uh, jumping from places, doing wall jumps, uh, shooting on cannons to get to higher areas, taking you through the jungle, through icy areas, through mansions. I mean, it's got a variety of different environments. And all of this interesting world building going on, this is a well-crafted world to explore. And I have to say, the story really captivated me. It started off being silly. It started off being, I mean, relatively kid-friendly game. It's rated T, but there's no blood and everything about it is innocent. But it's so darn sweet, too. Because it starts off very light and then gets dark about a couple hours in. Because you start to know a little bit more about Viola. Why is she alone? You know, how is her life through school? Why does she have depression? And they even bring up uh, racism. Because she, she is a young black girl. And that she got picked on at school uh, because of her skin color. There's even a bit of uh, gender identity as well thrown in. Like they they put in a lot of personal subjects. I mean, a lot of very deep thoughts to these very exaggerated characters. I mean, I talked about the first two, but later you meet a, a literal skeleton, talking skeleton uh, in a magical deer. I mean, these are all fantastical creatures that are saying deep things. And that's one of the most fascinating things about this game. And it's just got so much heart and so much love. I even teared up at one point because I, I thought the writing was just so great between the characters. But besides going on this journey, there are points where you get to these different uh, stone or these stone areas where the characters can stop and each of your party members can talk to each other. But the biggest pieces of character development, besides the main story, you have these campfire sections. And these campfire sections play out like Dragon Age, where if you remember the first Dragon Age game, you would have a bonfire and all of your party members would be hanging around. You get to talk to each one of them. And the more you talk to them, the more your uh, stance with them grows. And it will get to a point where they'll ask for a personal side quest that goes even further into their character. And you get to choose if you want to go through that side quest and to give max your uh, rank to S rank. And this does play into the ending too. Like if you were to max everyone's S rank, um, but I want to, cause I just love these characters. The, the, this was such a well-written game and I was just uh, very impressed with it. Or something that even looks like, I mean, by visuals, it looks like a SNES type title. Like it doesn't have the most, uh, you know, distinct graphics in a video game. But to me, that means absolutely nothing when you just have this interesting world going on. Just all these fun characters that have a lot of heart to them. And just a, a, a sweet story. And it really, it really makes me just so happy playing this. Uh, and not only that, there are not a lot of games out there, I, I don't think, where, where you do have a black female lead and where that is actually a topic that gets explored in the game. So already, th- this, g- this game is right up there on, on the top. Like, I've been enjoying all of it. Like, the combat, and, and just 
and not only that, more amazing things about this, but this also introduces something I think is very interesting for video games. You can customize the difficulty. So what I mean is that you don't just change whether you want easy, medium, or hard. You get to choose, okay, do I want to always uh, fall into battles? Do I want to have the health displayed? Do I, I want to have invincibility on? So you're not like obligated to play the game a certain challenge level. And I find that very interesting. There was another indie game that would remind me of, and that was Celeste. Celeste being this, uh, again, a really awesome platformer with a very touching story, but it, it, it created this ability to play the game with out having to have these certain challenges because it's a very hard platformer now i'll say the basic difficulty if you were to have it the way it is i got close to dying a few times but i didn't die once through the campaign it's not a terribly difficult game on the normal difficulty it's also not a very long game for an rpg you would figure 20 hours or 30 hours I beat the game in 10, but I see somebody or some people would do playthroughs where they beat it in like six hours. So it's not a long game. And honestly, it is paced so well where it does exactly everything it needs to. And I wouldn't really expect it that it would need to stretch itself more. But yeah, I was just loving the heck out of this game. Outside of maybe, I'll say if there was any criticisms, there were a couple of just small jumping bugs, but I was able to get through them uh, very quickly. Uh, I mean, just some things that could use patch up thing, but it's like every now and then there was a time where I jumped and I got stuck in the environment. All what I did is I went to my music menu and it kind of glitched me back out and I was able to keep going but yeah just some things that i bet the developer probably took note of and either already patched it up so i mean it's it's not even anything that's like game breaking but the one moment in this game that was kind of disappointing if i do have to say one thing bad there's one last twist because the game is filled with really incredible twists besides what i i bring up there's one twist that i thought was a little rushed and I'm not going to spoil it, but I will say if you played Metal Gear Solid 2, they do pull a similar twist to that. And it was just kind of out of nowhere. And I was looking at it, I was like, okay, well, why are we doing this? And plus, it's a twist that also leads to uh, this, la this last minute player decision choice of what ending you want. But I will say to the game's defense, it does come back around to explain itself so it isn't like we're just gonna throw you in this random uh curve field and then you're just gonna be going like okay why what the heck happened but i will say out of all things that are built up on this game this was one that there was no build-up to it and i kind of wish there was but honestly the rest of the game is so strong as a just storytelling that it, i was like oh oh well it didn't have the best landing, but I was still uh, loving it. And he even came back around to still bring a smile or at least even a tear in my face or on my face because some of the endings are pretty sad. But yeah, I, you know, I give it a 10, either a 10 or a 9.5 or so. It's like probably one of my favorite games of this year. It was just something I just so happened to get a review key on. I was really glad to it's on steam right now but i would hope this would come on switch because this would be great to uh, put it with all the other nintendo rpgs 
you could play but yeah that's my thoughts on viola definitely recommend it it sounds really really good and from from the description you're giving it's giving me strong vibes of um another nintendo game that came out last year um spirit fair that was another indie game with a a black female lead where kind of like an emotional ride and it's rpg like you can literally choose how fast or slow you engage in the story or what order you do um the missions or i don't i don't really want to get into the story too much but it's it's really heartfelt and and has the same kind of vibes that you were saying and there are moments i know you said there was a moment where you're tearing up and like i kind of like those games that that give you that emotional connection as well you know yeah no i i did i, I was really surprised because i mean it, it the beginning of the game is goofy as heck and then it i mean once you just settle in and get into those campfire scenes i was like okay and now i know it's really going on here i mean they they touch on other things like uh loss and also uh queer love too there is a a same-sex romance between and what i mean say romance it's very kid friendly it's very innocent like they don't you don't see characters having sex it's just two characters having strong feelings of each other it's it's so cute like that's the thing is if this game isn't sweet it's just cute as heck and yeah i played spirit fair i i mean i'd say i really liked spirit fair but there were some chores I was not a big fan of about that game, but I still really like that game a lot. So yeah, I mean, if you really enjoyed that, this is an, a, I mean, an, on that level, I'd say. Yeah, I've watched two streamers play Sprayfair and they both cried in their first like soul thing. Oh yeah, yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> stop, stop crying. I mean, like they were saying, that's what it was like. That's yes. how I felt when we released the one of the bird characters. They're like, no. Yeah, yeah, no, no. They, I mean, that's the thing is, people like to judge these indie games. Like, oh, they're not, they're not anything. They're not like the big AAA. I, oh, nobody's heard of them. Really, some of these indie games, they're more special than the big AAA titles. Especially when this game in particular felt like it was personal. Now the the developer of this, I believe he she is from uh, the Netherlands. But uh, still, I, I was like, wow, this this whole, the writing in this game came from the heart. And I, I just really love that. Now to talk about another kind of RPG, but something Square Enix has been uh, gearing up for. Uh, the, release, uh, the, the release date of this game is April 1st. But to be honest, April Fool's doesn't really matter anymore because the, the whole world is a fool. Uh, but I'm talking about Outriders. And this is from People Who Can Fly. And if you don't know People Who Can Fly, they are a studio known for over-the-top, very gory, very edgy first-person shooters like Bulletstorm, also um, Painkiller, and they did work on a couple of Gears of War games. So right from the get-go, you look at this and go, okay, they're just mashing everything they worked on in previous years. And not only that, could this be even a little bit like Destiny? But what in this this free demo you get, and that's what happens, this game was supposed to release in February and they delayed it a couple months so they're like, hey, we're going to give you a little appetizer. You get to play the opening segments of the game for free and carry your progress, your saved progress on this demo to the full game. So when you play the full game, you just start right from you left off on the demo. I thought that was cool. What you have here is in the far future, uh, Earth is going away because global warming and, you know, that's what happens. It, there's been studies saying Earth is eventually going to go because uh, we don't know how to treat it. So this whole uh, mission, people set out to go find a new planet to colonize and live on. And they found this planet Enoch. And your main character, who you can name, you can customize, 
in uh, a lot of uh, deep ways. You're one of the leaders of this expedition, also referred to as an outrider. And you're set out on this discovery with a few other cast members. And at the very beginning, you spend the time getting to know these people, which I thought that was pretty cool. A game that some people, if you were to look at the trailer, some could uh, shrug off as like, oh, this is another uh, live service game. It's trying to be like this game. It's trying to be like that game. As soon as you play, you start to realize that, no, there was a creative vision behind this. And a lot of thought going into it. I mean, for one, it's a great looking game for what I believe is actually uh, a mid-tier budget title. But when you get to the characters, you're actually learning some very interesting things about them. And it's not all about lore or trying to be nerdy anything. I mean, you, you start to talk to them like actual people and get to know them similar ways of... Uh, Bioware games like Mass Effect and everything, you know, having a dialogue tree and talking to them and all that. I thought that was pretty interesting. The other thing they do with this is that they try to make it more cinematic to where when you're in dialogue uh, conversations with characters, they have the camera moving around like you're in the scene of a movie. And it's an interesting little perspective, especially that the lip syncing is really good or the facial animations. They may not be like, uh, you know, like Uncharted or uh, The Last of Us, but they're definitely above Mass Effect. Like, if you remember the Mass Effect character facial animations, they're, they are dated from today, but this is a little bit more closer to one of the cases. They said in an interview that in this game, they want the story to be a focus. And from the very beginning, it felt like they actually put care. It isn't just generic characters telling you about things just to move the story along. Now, I will say at the very beginning, it also felt like there were some tropes because you also got the evil corporation wanting to mine the plan for what it's worth. The mentor figure who gets killed at the very beginning of the game. And then it gets crazy because after you deal with all this, the evil corporation turns on you uh, and everybody has to fall back and escape. You get sent into a pod or where you're frozen in cryosleep for 30 years and you wake up and the whole world turns into Mad Max. Like er everything is out of control. There's like cults running the place and it's just one cyberpunk uh, apocalypse going on. And it's really crazy because you're, you get kidnapped and you get sent to execution and you're just like riding on this truck to seeing all the chaos going on. And by luck, you are able to escape but not until this little, almost like a Thanos snap, this little snap that uh, like everybody who gets, who got uh, warped in this little portal, not portal, this little uh, field, something gets changed about them or it just something is altered of this plant Enoch. And then in the midst of it, you get stabbed in the chest and it seems like you're dead, but then you get uh, lucky to have these superpowers you get to choose which class you are, and each class has their own powers. Now, I went from, uh, I, I, I took the technical support class, so I have, like, ice uh, abilities, but there's some with fire and electricity and other types of elemental uh, superpowers in addition to some other things. And then you discover your old friends who were a part of your expedition from the beginning, 
Turns out they are part of their own cult. They're leading a force that's trying to get the heck out of this planet and survive. And all of them regretting the choices they've made to set foot on this uh, soil. So from there, it's pretty much you trying to discover all the craziness going on in this world and then trying to leave and help as many people as possible. And the game just puts you in the opening segments of the, the game and then... Uh, couple side missions you can play but really like the first hour and two and you can actually play through them in co-op now i decided to try it in uh single player because i want to see how this game was like playing alone uh or Rihanna, you were about to say something what no that was, that was a little later but i was i don't remember i was watching a mass effect i think it was mass effect 2 but i thought the facial things were really lifelike but well i mean the the facial animations they're not bad in mass effect it's just that like the characters they they don't have as much emo like if you were to compare mass effect to uncharted or some of the other games like those those games have expressive characters like they have different facial animations they'll smile or they'll uh be angry or whatever but in mass effect or or in uh fallout or uh, the outer worlds you just have characters uh they'll have a static face and they'll, they'll kind of emote a little bit, but it's very, like, you can still tell they're kind of robotic a little bit. But, I mean, it's it's a small thing. Again, I'm not one of those people who make a big deal out of it, but there are people who do it, so I, I don't know. I, I just thought of throwing that out there. Or, Craig, were you saying something? Okay, yeah. As far as what the gameplay is, when you get right down to the combat, yeah, it is pretty much a mashup of things that people can fly have worked on before. Gears of War, for example, it is a cover-based shooter with uh, multiple firearms and the weapons are kind of uh they're they're kind of visceral and everything it's also like bullard storm it's super gory gory as heck like i with my shotguns i blew people's top parts off like there is so much gore in this game that i was surprised with like you can really like, like it's I wouldn't say it's like on on Mortal Kombat level, but I almost say close because you can really just chop someone's body parts off just by blowing them away, even with the different elemental powers you are. Like I can freeze an enemy and then uh, and then just like take off their arms and all that. I was like, wow, okay, yeah, this game is going all out with its uh, uh, M rated, and then like Rihanna's like, yeah, no, Rihanna, this yeah, this is not for you because they, they also dropped the F bomb. I mean, this is an R rated, an M rated game. Uh, this is for mature audience. Don't bring your kids to this. The heck, no, don't. <laughs> I mean, you know, when you're from a studio that's made a lot of gory games, I, I would expect it to do B, but they didn't really advertise the gore in outriders that much so to kind of see it be big thing that you can experiment with is like all right okay and you can kill them in different ways too just like in you're in a bolt storm and then there's even a destiny element now the destiny element is that as far as the character progression customization there's this whole thing about getting different uh, armors getting different uh, things on your character the ui in it it kind of feels like destiny and i don't think of that as a bad thing because i know somebody will say oh this is a destiny knockoff it is not because this is a studio that's just really putting their you know all the things that they have learned and just 
creating a, a bigger world that they that they made themselves which i think is really cool and it seems like a lot of people see that because the demo was so popular that's what really amazed me is that people really want to play this game and i, I didn't even know that i thought this was going to be a flop like marvel's avengers but apparently not that is really interesting when people want to play marvel or the outriders game but not marvel avengers which i i get it because that that game heavily advertised itself trying to be live service and people wanted a single player marvel game but this one from the get-go said no this, this is a a rpg first person third person shooter with uh, exploration and you know player decision choices and RPG progression, and people are like, no, we get it. So, I mean, the message of what this game is about, I mean, I think they advertised it much better than the other one. But, Craig, you were going to say something? No, I mean, really just good on them for trying to branch out and do something different. I know you said they didn't really advertise that it's uh, bloody and rated M and, and extremely mature, but I really think they were just kind of letting their work stand for itself. If you know that they worked on Gears of War and other games of that nature in the past, I think they expect their work to speak for itself. Like, you know, it's going to yeah. be, you know, heavily intended for adults. But, um, you know, as a major Destiny uh, fan, a lot of people kind of think that, oh, it's another another Destiny killer. What are you going to do? Or people are trying to be like Destiny or whatever. I say more power, more power to them, you know, as long as People are making new and interesting games that people want to play. That's fine. I don't see the problem. I'll say it's, someone, better, it's better than doing the same thing year after year after year yeah. after year. Call of Duty, but yeah, yeah. I like Call of Duty. That's just, no, I, <laughs> <laughs> that was good. That's good. Well, I'll I'll say this: having someone who's played the first Destiny, not the second, I wasn't crazy about the first Destiny. Uh, but I will say, as far as the level design goes, this is different from Destiny in that there there's like different branching parts like there's it's not open world per se but it's also not completely linear you do have levels where it's set in a linear path but then there's different branches out and these are where you could get the side quests and that gets you to another room that will get you to, to these whole different areas because the other thing they advertise is that they want every mission to feel different they don't want you doing these side missions that put you in the same area or just do the same little chores and I thought that was cool because all the missions I played so far, now most of them involve going in and, and killing, you know, enemies and 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 re or eradicating everything. You were still met with different level designs, and you know, one level I would be fighting off a different armed turrets, and another there would just be like uh, little cannons going on from the sky, or just different little challenges going on. It never felt like I was going through the same thing over and over again, and it would just introduce me new stuff. The other thing is the boss fights. All of them are really great. They put so much attention into facing you off against a tough opponent, and I died several times trying to take down this one ringleader who he is a guy who has like a, a shotgun with him, but his other uh, uh, trick up his sleeve, he's got a flaming tornado that just spins around the room. So you have to dodge that, that flaming tornado while fighting off him and also his armed guards as well. So it's definitely a game that I would bet with co-op. I mean, you do have that support, but I was able to still defeat them in single player, despite the challenge that I was definitely going through. But yeah, I mean, I'm interested in seeing where this goes. Now, it's not saying the story is completely amazing because it does have its cheesy parts. Like later on, you get a side mission where, you know, one of your friends from years ago tells you to go rescue this lieutenant. 
And then the lieutenant is like, thank you for saving me. Uh, and there's this other guy who, there's this other guy who does, just shoots him for no reason. And uh, your main protagonist is like, okay, why do you do that? And he's like, well, this is war. War, nobody's uh, allies. And then he gets shot uh, just from uh, a, like a random sniper uh, uh, at a, or from a distance. And then he's like, Jesus, you dummies, here we go again. So, I mean, there's some dark humor going on. So, I mean, it, it does get goofy, but I mean, from the people who worked on Bullet Storm, where that game was super goofy, I, I mean, I, I would expect there to be some B level going on, uh, but I was still entertained by it. The story was not boring, but it, it instead, it just felt like a game I, I, I was excited to explore as it releases next month and the fact that i can just take my save file and continue on where i left off is really uh, exciting that gives me even more motivation to play again in a different uh, character path uh, the only thing is i don't know how the rest of the game will be like will the later levels be exciting as well i mean that's the you know that's the mystery of exploring what from what i hear is going to be a 30 hour plus game so this will I mean, if you want it, it costs 60 bucks, you get your $60 worth because it is a game that is pretty lengthy from what they're saying. And also trying out the co-op. That's another thing I didn't uh, explore yet. The fact that you can play through the whole game with other people, uh, which would be interesting when you play with uh, characters with different superpowers and all uh, working with each other and some of the things that you'll do regarding that. But yeah, there's something similar to Destiny. I wouldn't say it's completely like it. If you're going in to play a Destiny clone, I don't think you'll get that from this. It's pretty much uh, a people can fly game with Destiny elements added. And say the name of the game again. Outriders, which releases next month uh, on PS4, PS5, xbox one xbox series x and pc i am looking forward to it and i will definitely play it and review it when it comes out on to the news starting with uh well we'll just get out of the way stadia they screwed up because of course they did well i don't think anyone was surprised at this stadia was a failure they closed down i'm not trying to be one of those people who are are, uh, dunking on stadia but there was a lot of red flags with that system and it even came out people who worked on stadia they even they left the company saying that yeah that was not a great work environment nobody knew what the heck they were doing uh there was no plan they were just trying to get things out and that's part of what we here today is that the developers who worked on stadia games who were worked with stadia who worked on the stadia system said that they were pretty much sent in circles because the company just wanted more people on stadia they didn't think about okay how are we going to get people with first party stuff now there were some first party projects in the works they wanted to make a sequel to the game journey to the savage planet which is this metrovania game i really did enjoy uh unfortunately the creator of that game is also uh, a dummy because he did come out recently and said that people should owe uh, no streamers should owe developers money for playing their games that was yeah that was a dumb thing he tweeted out and 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 stadia uh pretty much let him go after that but yeah they were <laughs> i think that that was when they canceled the sequel to journey of the savage plant they're like no we can't have this on us well too late the <laughs> I, I know it's like what are you really streamers owe 
get developers money for playing their games. That's... Sounds a little crazy, but isn't that similar to the same thing that Facebook is going on with um, Australia right now? That Facebook should pay the out the outlets who share their news stories. It's it's similar. Not saying that that's the way it should be, but it's just there are similar legal well, arguments out there for the Facebook has news. Wait, what? What do you mean? So there's this whole thing. Facebook is not allowed to, I believe, share or allow sharing of any news stories in Australia because Aust- the Australian government wants Facebook to pay them for sharing news stories. Just like you would pay CNN or whatever for sharing your story. They want to actually pay the smaller, I guess, small business news outlets of Australia. This is a thing. Yeah. So I just thought that that was very similar to the guy who was saying that streamers should pay for streaming the content, even though we already paid for the content. They just yeah, no. That, that, to me, that's just wrong. It's like you already paid for the game and you're giving free press by streaming it. And now you're telling, no, because that's what he said. He's like, no, those streamers are being disrespectful by playing our game. So they need to have this light. They need to purchase a license to stream our content uh, and our, our games to uh, and I was such a like misguided like it, it ramp and not only that to see why I don't even agree with the guy's point even further his twitter banner is actually the banner of a twitch streamer so he's being <laughs> and even that twitch streamer came back and said wait are you using my banner for your your Twitter uh, profile while making this rant at the scene. So that that's what. Wow. I mean, wow. <laughs> yeah, way, way to kind of shoot down your own argument with that. <laughs> anyway, the, the other thing is that, I mean, one of the reasons we said the state didn't work is they focused so much on games that already released on other platforms years ago. Or like, like, you know, as you mentioned, why play Destiny 2 on Stadia? Or you could get it on anywhere because it's also free to play. Well, now it turns out they pay, they spent tens of millions of dollars trying to get Rockstar to port Red Dead Redemption 2 onto Google Stadia. And I was like, what would that do? That that game came out a while ago. Now, I know there are people who still play Red Dead Online. So maybe there's that, but s- still, there's all that money on, on games that came out years ago, then money on games you could make exclusive to your system or even port games today. And that, that was their biggest thing that shot them in the foot is that there was so much and that's what the small uh little line or someone actually said that was interesting they were they were making they were selling games to sell a platform they weren't trying to make games to sell games and that's what they should have done but yeah i mean that's just it the the last thing i will say about this is now it's coming out that Terraria is still playing the port itself on the stadia despite stadia already closing down so i'm don't know what's going on with that. Again, a game you could play on everything, even your mobile device. But yeah, poor Stadia. Well, no, no they, they screwed that up. Now let's tell talk about one screw up. That honestly, I, I don't I think we need to cut some slack on this. Uh, Snoop Dogg. I like Snoop Dogg. He's pretty cool. You like Snoop Dogg? Kind of? No. 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 Snoop Dogg at all. Why not? He's cool. What? He uh, likes video games. What, what's wrong with Snoop Language, drugs, 
Nah. He was cool during his time, but his, his time's definitely passed. He's cool, but like Ice Cube is still cool. Oh, well, yeah, yeah, okay, ne- never mind, you made your point. Uh, but he loves video games, he's put that out there. In fact, he was actually in an ad for the Spyro Reignite trilogy. Does he love video games? That was a great. He did a stream too for a Spider-Man, Miles Morales. Yeah, you did. You did. love him as a yeah. rapper. Yeah, yeah, and he, um, he was actually uh, he was a big promotional material for the Spyro remaster. So that was yeah, like he he was the there was an ad where someone made a drone shaped like Spyro and had a copy of the game attached to it and Snoop Dogg would come out of his trailer go is that the new Spyro Night trilogy oh man I can't wait to play this this is awesome and not only that but the, the drone would act also breathe fire which is uh, you know reminiscent of the game character he recently decided to play Madden out of all games played for 30 minutes and decided yeah the game sucks and left his own Twitch channel channel online streaming for seven hours where people are in the chat going what where did he go hello Snoop Dogg is something still going on here hey that's good marketing if you can leave your stream for seven hours and people are still tuning in (laughs) you know like subscribe hit the follow let me get some subs drop those bits all of that actual chair stream Because like whenever someone leaves, it's like, hey, cheer stream. There is actually a cheer stream. <laughs> That's terrible and funny. Okay. Well, first of all, I kind of get, uh, I, well, this is what I get. On Snoop Dogg's defense, uh, Madden sucks. So, <laughs> well, th- we talked about Madden a few weeks back where after it was getting bad reviews, they tried to sell the game more by adding in an update with Colin Kaepernick. And the thing is, they made Colin Kaepernick look like a PS2 character. And, like, he was not textured. And I was looking at that like, holy crud. Uh, and <laughs> I get Now, I can't confirm this, but I did hear from um, another streamer friend of mine that what they may have done is just import his old graphics from previous games so they don't have to give him a cut of the paycheck for a new video game sold, even though it's his image. If they didn't recreate those graphics, then he doesn't get anything. Well, the other thing is what people have been saying about the Madden games is they didn't even recreate anything. Like there was even proof of this recent Madden game that someone went into like the tutorial mode or the the free the, like the i don't know the free play mode and they moved their camera around to find that i think it was called matt whatever the the current madden year is they went on the, the they looked on the camera turned around and saw labels of last year's man game on this year's man game that they paid 60 bucks for so the whole game is pretty much an import oh yeah you think that's bad and ea is also in charge of fifa and they did the same thing this year with the past two years when fifa 21 came out it still had fifa 19 and yeah, same company so, ea well i mean ea has gotten better at some points but i mean that's like a slap in the face you no, don't have to <laughs> Yeah, th- th- those sports games are so lazy. Like, I, I get uh, Snoop Dogg kind of giving up on it, especially since those games are packed with microtransactions as well. They try to pay, like, you have to pay real money to try to power up your sport, your sports players. And I thought that, that, that's like on top of 60 bucks. Really? Okay. Anyway, I get that. Now, the screw up is, of course, leaving the stream on for seven hours. But I would say is, hey, everybody makes mistakes. 
Like, I'm not one of those people who go like, Snoop Dogg, he should stop making, he should stop streets, Twitch streaming. No, I, I dare someone to say cancel Snoop Dogg's Twitch stream because he wasted her time. No, you wasted your time for tuning in for seven hours of nothing. I mean, I'll say this. There was a time where uh, it was actually during the Extra Life charity and during the holiday. There was a time where it was when I, I, I made up this like goofy Irish uh, like impression and re- either Rihanna was laughing at me or she was laughing at something in the chat and she was like, Wee! and she was off of this off screen. And I would, so for until she came back, I was making jokes like, where are you going lady? Oh, my dear. Oh no. Oh no, no, no. This is not good. So I was, you know, we were goofing up and then she came back and hey, everything was fine. So, I mean, it's probably, it was, it was, I was, I was laughing, crying. And I think I snorted or something and I had to go yeah. behind the screen and like recuperate. <laughs> no, I love it. Cause you were, you were just like, Wee! and I was like, Oh, where are you, where are you going? <laughs> but yeah, uh, we make it fun. If we were to, we don't leave people hanging, uh, just going like, okay, what the heck is happening? And that, that, yeah, BR, that's what BRB screens are for, but, or like, yeah, please hold. <laughs> so yeah, all, all I have to say to uh, Snoop Dogg, you know what, just uh, turn off your stream when you're done. That, that's all. And, and if you may mess up again, then so what? You know, and everybody screws up. It's not like, oh, and you know, I'm not going to tune into Stoop Dog because what if he won't be active? No, just stop, stop that. Okay. If, if AOC could have technical problems on her first uh, Among Us game, then, uh, you know, at Snoop Dogg, he can screw up too. Everybody can screw up. That's fine. Okay. Leave, leave, leave Snoopy alone. Okay. <laughs> Snoopy is a dog from the comic strip peanuts okay he's also that is the only snoopy that is the only snoopy stop okay 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 well what what why can't i call snoop dogs because it's a different person not person entity character yeah yeah Yeah, that's an insult to snoopy indeed okay all right now on to what won't be an insult well actually we'll we'll see so Harry Potter getting a new RPG open world game from Avalanche. Avalanche who worked on uh, Just Cause and they also made the Rage sequel. They've got a Harry Potter prequel going on where it's set in the 1800s, like the beginning of Hogwarts. And you get to play as your customizable character. You get to explore Hogwarts, choose your own uh, house and, you know, build your... Hog legacy. Yeah, Hog legacy. And I thought all that is cool. Now... When the game was announced, there were some people bringing up concerns. And I do think it is valid. Because recently, you also have the creator of uh, J- uh, the, of uh, Harry Potter, J.K. Rowling, being stupid. Rolling. Rolling. Oh, oh, oh. Just being homophobic and stupid. Or transphobic, whatever. He's saying really ignorant, dumb things. And then writing her new books to reflect on her crazy views. And then reports came out to say that despite not working on a movie, she still earned a profit off of Harry Potter, the Harry Potter brand. So now there were concerns about this new game and saying, okay, yeah, that this looks cool, but I don't think I want to support it because then I'm giving money to that jerk over there. And they haven't really confirmed or denied that she will be earning a cut. But what they did come out and said recently 
is that in this game you will you can make your character a transgender i thought that was really cool now people's response to that saying well that's cool there's still the thick question of uh am i still giving money to that punk over there my same uh response to this is how i felt before that i don't think you owe anyone money if you want to say you want screw harry potter i'm not gonna pay for this game or watch this movie don't like if you feel like yeah i don't want to do this then really it it is a it's a fictional property and there's no real real cause to supporting it like there's like supporting it only benefits the people who create like they worked on it of course people who make a living off of working on movies or video games of course but i will have to say you do have to also look at the developer's perspective here because you know working in the gaming industry we've seen many reports that go against the whole belief oh they got paid they got their money they'll be fine if you decide not to purchase the game or support it in any way and that is not true because developers we know get overworked and underpaid and even when a game does well sometimes they'll still get layoffs that's just how this and i don't know if that's with uh warner brothers but that's been several reports on different game studios not only that but the fact that many of these employees on avalanche they probably worked on other games besides this harry potter title so to do their what what their job asks and their job asks is to work on a recognizable franchise that a lot of people love i mean they could say i don't yeah i don't want to work on this game because of uh you know the author but that's their job is they they're supposed to work on it that's where i'll say it is a tricky subject and what i even would do if i am interested in a game or a property i would still pay for it but i would spend i would pay extra attention to the people who worked on it go into the credits look at the names and find their twitter handles find what other things they do because honestly we don't pay enough to the developers who worked hard on these games and that's what I, i see is going on here but i do get the concerns of transgender people on possibly giving JK uh, some royalties. But uh, yeah, what do you guys think about this new announcement? Does it make you want to play the game or I don't know? Hermione, you want to go first? Yeah, since you're, the, that is, yeah, Hermione. Yeah, yeah. I mean, my answer is going to be super basic. So I want to give everyone a chance before I, 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 I blurt mean, out my mad basicism. Yeah, yeah. I, I think Hermione needs, I mean, you are Hermione, right? That You are from Hogwarts. You you hung out with Harry. I am from Hogwarts. I don't think that makes a bunch of sense. Not even, only, only even no. the ghosts are from Hogwarts. Like. No, Hermione's from Hogwarts. They never said that in the books, but she, you know, born and raised. That whole thing about muggle parents, it was a cover <laughs> so, story. Yeah. Straight, out of, straight out of Compton, straight out of Hogwarts. Yeah, <laughs> I, I've been playing uh, actually the the old Harry Potter games on uh, PlayStation. I, I, I've I've been hanging out with you like as as Harry. <laughs> yeah, we did a lot of magic spells together. We uh, threw a bunch of those. One of those like little uh, pretty box. Those little trolls. Uh, what those green trolls? Right? Little trolls. Trolls are big. I'm confused. Okay, what what are those like those long eared like uh, what Obama? what year were you in? What year? <laughs> uh this was uh so I'm currently playing Harry Potter and the no, it's actually after Sorcerer's Stone, the second one. Second one would be Blue Pixies, possibly, or yeah. Gnomes Around the Garden. No, yeah, Gnomes. Gnomes, yes, Gnomes. There you go. 
There you go. Anyway, back to what you were saying. Those are like 12 plus feet tall. Okay. Your thoughts. I it it is also very basic. Okay. If you don't want to do it, then don't buy it. You have mm -hmm. your I see what they try to do, but I mean it's I see both sides. So kind yeah. it's it's just yeah. yeah. nothing like well let me also ask this question. If you were to purchase this game, would that make you transphobic? Because no. you know there there's transgender uh like plus in this game but you possibly are giving money to a transphobic author it doesn't make me anything it just okay. wants to enjoy the game no yeah i, I get that uh, what about you craig yeah um so my basic answer was in the opening chapters of the book or in the opening like 15 minutes of the movies y'all know mcgonagall turns into a cat right yeah so if people are having issues with uh with with people changing their their sex in the game they probably should maybe read the book and see what kind of other weird stuff they do in this magical weird in this magical world and like if you really have problems with that then this isn't the game for you they're they're changing species that aren't even humans and y'all are okay with that but now you want to freak out because you can change your sex in the game i, I really don't think it's that serious well but also, other, other, I, th I really think this is going to become the norm in video games. You've already, Cyberpunk did the same thing, and there, there's this is not the first game where you can um, change your sex mid-game or have a a uh, multi-gender character or, or any other thing like that. It's not the first time. It's not the last time, and people just need to get over it. Now, as for the last thing for supporting um, J.K. Rowling, I mean that's it's it's really just going to come down to your personal preference but like they would have to not buy the game by the millions in order to make a significant difference and i think there are way more general harry potter fans who really don't care and are going to buy the game regardless so you just got to pick your battles i think yeah well this i think more people are uh, like there are probably some transphobic Harry Potter fans going like, oh, why do you get to play as a transgender character? But I think most of the concern goes to, all right, am I supporting transphobia despite that you're allowed to be a transgender character because of that one thing? And my answer is that I, I just think this is a bigger this is a bigger complication than what people really seen because I, I hung out with game developers I go to game developer meetings and DFW like I know what developers go through so I'm looking at their perspective in addition to what people are saying outside of that and that's where I'm like yeah I, I don't know but uh, well well I mean the game comes out next year uh, possibly 2022 so. There's, I mean, if it's an option that you don't choose, why would it affect you? I don't know. I, I don't know. Anyway, on to the last story we have here. It's really weird, actually. Sony patients a controller about bananas and mugs so you can use them for your PlayStation. That's, <laughs> I actually saw what the image of what a, a PlayStation banana controller looked like. It's interesting. I, I would... I would check it out. It's basically the buttons would be on, uh, you see the, the, like the banana, it would be facing uh, the interior and you just, you just have the, all the buttons lined up, lined up that way. I don't know about the control sticks or anything, but yeah, this is what Sony is uh, are looking to work on for their PlayStation 5 console as they develop more games and stuff for it. I feel like this isn't new because if we look at gaming history, there have been several games out there that have had these companion controllers. Now, one thing that comes to mind with this banana controller 
is actually another game starring a monkey. Uh, Donkey Kong had a GameCube series where you had where you had bongos, and those bongos you would uh, drum on for these different battles that DK would face. It's an underrated uh, series on the GameCube. Well, also the GameCube didn't sell, so there, there was that too. But this Sony, what Sony's doing for this, and with the banana controller, my conclusion is that there's probably an ape escape game somewhere in development and the other proof of this being that sony's opened up a studio to make more games based on existing properties so my guess is an ape escape game of some kind is coming to the ps5 you know they haven't officially announced it but i really what what other purpose would you want a banana controller for other than that game if there was another monkey-led game out there, then maybe I don't. I feel like Ape Escape is coming back, but that also brings a question of what what a new Ape Escape be with this banana controller? Is it going to be required to play it? Is like what are what are the purpose for these? But all we know is just a blueprint of what they look like, and that they are going to be an additional feature to the PS5 and down the road. To Craig, the one lucky son of a gun who's got a PlayStation Five, what do you uh, think about that? It's pretty cool, but. I'm a little bit, I'm paying less attention to the banana aspect and more attention to the proof of concept. Now, how they did it was they happened to use a banana, but my understanding was you could take any object, like say this coat hanger right here, and I could scan it with my camera and then program. I want the, I want A here, B here, up, down, left, right. And then your camera recognizes those positions. And when you touch them, you get a response same concept as um, those keyboards y'all may have seen on the market where it shoots a laser onto your table. And as you touch the table, it actually, yeah, it's just a proof of concept. Now they wouldn't, how, how would you keep the banana fresh? My bananas go bad in like a day or two. I don't know about y'all, but it's a really, it's, it's a really amazing concept. If you could turn any item, ah, oh, crap, I don't have another PlayStation controller, but I have this uh, tile. You want to play Mortal Kombat? Sure, that would be amazing. So as a proof of concept, you know, if they could get it to work with most inanimate objects, that would be amazing and save you so much money. And if they have a patent on it, then they're the only ones that can do that. So I understand now. I, I thought there was like an actual. OK, well, I, I guess you know, I, okay. I no, I knew that because they said bananas, mugs and more. So I'm like, OK, and I, I did look at it. It is it is basically a skit because. PlayStation has the PlayStation Eye camera, which they've had since the PlayStation 2 days. And that's been their own way of adding in some sort of AR element uh, to whatever game. And I like that they're experimenting with it. This is actually a really great idea. I was fixated on the actual banana controller because they, they showed a picture of it. Like you could see what, imagine what it looks like. And that, that's why I was like, okay, I'm ex if they're advertising a banana, even though this is for anything, then well, why not Ape Escape? Now, you actually brought up the a good point is that, yeah, some of the inanimate, inanimate objects you know, they, they like a banana. They don't, that would only last you a day or two. <laughs> Considering how many perverts there are on PlayStation, I would not be surprised if it would go to some real nasty areas of what they use as controllers. <laughs> yeah, let's not mention any of those. Okay, thanks. No, that, that is that is okay. Really I I understand. Just just don't mm. don't go we, specifically. Don't Thank yeah. You. We don't have to mention them by name, but as a concept, my mind is going some wild places now. <laughs> <laughs> No, I, I'm not. I'm not kidding. Like when I had a PS4, 
this is no joke. When I had a PS4 at launch, and I, I didn't have the, the PlayStation Eye camera with me, but there was this thing called PlayStation Live. And PlayStation Live is for those who don't have all the uh, equipment with them. They want to Twitch stream on PlayStation just from their PlayStation 4. That's what PlayStation Live, that's something that you could do. And that's a cool concept. Actually, uh, my friend uh, Ali, who is Ali Ice, uh, a really amazing, beautiful cosplayer, she Twitch streams through PlayStation Live, and which means that, yeah, anybody could jump on that. What I'm trying to get to is that for a while, people used PlayStation Live to basically do uh, porn. This is real. It's and at, at, at launch, people would, because there's another feature called the Playroom. And this is where you can uh, just do a live stream of you talking, you having the camera based in your room and people would abuse that. I'm not kidding. I just stumbled on a, a, random stream after someone playing trying trying to mm, stumbled huh <laughs> no it was because it was when uh trying trying to came out and i was like okay trying to what, what's this next stream it's two people having sex live on camera and the place <laughs> the, the playstation bots is being the censored parts <laughs> i was like wow all right y'all that's the stream come on back same time thursday don't forget to like and subscribe <laughs> Now, PlayStation eventually uh, stopped this. They tracked down and made this a rule that, no, you should not be using your own PS4 for porn. For X-rated items. Uh, what the heck in the world? I still... I, I know. I mean, hey, you are family-friendly, so you know not to think of these things. But that's the thing. is You give people the free opportunity, that's the first thing they come up with. I'm not kidding. When Little Big Planet came out, there were so many levels of uh, uh nasty things i remember that when i first played little big plant i just go through i just stumble on a level that is x-rated because uh, th that's how people are they are per most of society are a bunch of perverts so if you if you give them not the even creative it's just if, if you give them the option to scan anything you can probably figure out what they're gonna scan and turn into a controller so that's that's probably my biggest concern about this <laughs> This Craig's just looking down. Well, now you have, that's something to look forward to for this. Hey, that, that's free content for Pornhub <laughs> or OnlyFans. OnlyFans. You can make an OnlyFans just based around the PlayStation 5 scanner. That's flipping ridiculous. Ew. Yeah. Now, outside of joking, probably my only concern is I don't really know how much, like, like this could be cool. Will it be favorable over just a regular controller that's going to be something interesting like what i just scan like my phone and turn that into a controller just use the dual sense what i have i've i've uh the okay so able gamers that's a, a charity organization that's with when people don't have like whether they're missing fingers or hands or something like that i feel like that would be yes related in there yes you know what that's that's a good point you know i i, I do see that because it's been uh, coming out recently of uh people designing controllers specifically for yeah for people with uh, uh body uh disformities or you know they're they're blind uh and i think that in that regard this 
this opportunity, I mean, this is something that could be very incredible, but it, yeah. it could also be something that could be abused. So then we'll just have to see what happens. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, well, you said blind, but I was like, I don't know how you'd be blind playing. Well, okay, so there are there are game companies experimenting with how to introduce gaming to people who are blind. I know that that concept, you could be like, okay, how do you make that happen? And I, I mean, I, I can't go into because de- I would have to pull up the, the the whole research. But people have been trying to figure out how to introduce gaming to specific people, and I. I find all that incredible. There is one, well, not, she streams on Twitch, but it's a cooking stream. And it says cooking without looking. And she's actually blind. And I was like, okay, that is nuts. Yeah. But, um, really cool. Um, so you can like, you can see her uh, feeling where, like what needs to get cut. I was like, this is, re- I, that's, that's actually what my blaming is my dad has all his senses, but he's like, no, I can't cook. Anyways. Um, the fact that I was like, wait, so how does chat work? And so they said, someone said it's like she gets the, the Bluetooth, Bluetooth speaker in and she can, what's it, what's it, TTS. So Texas speech that'll help her know what's going on in chat. I was like, oh my gosh, it's awesome. Yeah. And like the setup was, she had help from her husband or something, somebody like that, that <clears throat> like, you know, can see like, obviously she can't see the camera exactly, but she knows like this kind of area where it is. And it was, oh, it was so, it's so cool. <laughs> yeah you know what but i mean game developers today they're finding more ways to let more people game and i i think that is amazing but we'll just have to see i mean it's a great concept i i don't know what what's gonna happen from it so that's the least of it anyway that is all we have on the show and uh the course is always great uh just doing all this with you all uh we do have one more so this month for St. Paddy's Day, we're going to be hanging out with the Irish. So, uh, great uh, jazz musician Winnie Ama is going to be gaming with us uh, and the Irish Happy Hour. That's uh, one to three p.m. Uh, next week. But that will be exciting. You, you excited to hang out with Winnie Ama again? Saturday, March. You said thirteenth, right? Yeah. Um, from one to three p.m. Yeah. One to, one, one to something. Yeah, one to three. Uh, Central time. Yeah, which is like seven to nine in her area. Yeah, you two, you two are like, you know, if 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 she were to come to the United States and COVID would be gone, I think you two would have a sleepover because I I've been seeing the interaction between Rihanna and Winnie. I think those those two are like girl pals. Like, uh... <laughs> okay, that's cool. I mean, yeah, I'm down. Yeah, I'm happy for that. No, like she she's excited about hanging out. Like before it was just me, but she's like, no, I want to hang out with the Rihanna. Okay, now I'm not even getting her accent. Wow, well, I was like, I don't know what accent that was. No. Yeah, anyway. But yeah, until next week with whatever game uh, we talk about and all this, this stuff, uh, you can find us on Pondstress, different audio platforms. Oh, wait, no, let me, sorry. Oh, you know what? I, I need a bring out my new outro music shoot what am i doing what am i is doing this actually related to the let's see, let's see how actually relevant this is no no th- this is th- this is actually what i've been uh playing for a new audio like like a new uh intro and outro because i've had my intro and outro for so long and you talked about making a new song right i have it okay there is behind me there's a keyboard and i just haven't gone that far well, obviously not. I mean, I've gone to the far in the room. It's not like actually 
playing it yet. That is usually covered by her phone. It's actually. Oh, it's like the verbo. <laughs> so, Facebook. Ponspress. Okay, let me turn it down. Instagram. Ponspress. Twitter at Chase Pond. 64. Video clips on Instagram and TikTok. Find Ponspress on any platform you can think of. Find Hermione 617 on Twitter and Twitch and all that. Not on on Twitter. Yeah. Craig's bird up and his ID shield and all that. Until next time. Take care. Bye. Boy. Boy. <laughs> <laughs>